Earl. How'd y'all like my wife's film debut? Wait till y'all hear her preach. She's awesome. <laughs> so we are starting a new series that I am extremely excited for because we are. I don't believe y'all. We are. If you ain't, you're going to be. <laughs> I, I just got to get that out. I just got to get that out. Listen, people, um, I get to talk about the church today. And I have tons of scripture here that has to do with the vision of Vision Ministries, our South Toledo campus. We are two locations, but we are only one church, and we have one purpose. That purpose would be if I could find the beginning of my notes. They are long. Our mission is to restore vision to the body of Christ. Oh, that's the old one. We got a new one. I got to find it. I got to find it because I got it back in my notes here. I, I used it as a quote. Here we go. Activating our faith by giving hope to others so they may experience the love of God. Is that awesome? We get to be a part of introducing people to Christ. And as I would tell any of my volunteers that would greet you at the door, that would uh, be the one that's in, at any of our outreach ministries, that would be the one that would see you on the street and say, I'm from Vision Ministries, that you are the first opportunity that someone has to see the genuine face of Christ. This is why we must be sold out. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not sold out to Vision Ministries. You're not sold out to Pastor Earl. You're not sold out to Lady D. You're not sold out to my wife. You sold out to Christ. See, because once you sell out to Christ, something in us changes. I don't see many people that knew me before I came into Christ. But anybody that saw me before I came, oh, I'll tell you what. Take a look at yourself before you came into Christ. I mean, no matter where you're at in life right now, Look at who you were before him and tell me you don't feel different. If that is the case, you're doing something wrong. You're not there. And this ain't going to be one of those kind of sermons where I'm going to be all nice and say everything all clean and, and pretty and everything. It's, we got to get real now. We have to take ownership of who we are. If we are to be that face that people will see, if we are to be the ones that attract people to Christ, we must first be in Christ. Amen? We are an Assemblies of God church. How many people know what Assemblies of God denomination is all about? We're all about a mission. That mission is seeking out the lost around the world. So it's not only seeking out the lost here in the south end of Toledo, Ohio, that we're involved in. It's seeking out the lost in Africa, in Asia, and a whole bunch of other places that I don't know where they're at. But we are to seek out the lost and to present the gospel with the best face possible. But our mission here in the south end of Toledo, Ohio, Ohio is greater than what we've been putting out for the last year. And I just want to be real about that. See, when you are doing something right, there is successes that comes with that. And boy, you know, we might experience a success here or a success there. We might see someone come into the house and then grow and then move forward a little bit and then they disappear. So here's how the word of God's work. I went in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. I told you it's a lot of scripture. Uh, Romans 12, 3 um, through 13. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think 
yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For as each of us has one body with one members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This section of scripture sums up what I hope this body to be. Somebody else should have been excited. See, because here he says, look at yourself. This sober judgment, look at where you are realistically. Right? And then he goes on to say, by the gifts that is provided through your acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and the filling of the Holy Spirit, you will then be made aware of what it is you can do for him and to promote him through the body that you are in. This is the way that it reads in my mind. If I'm wrong, y'all can straighten me out on it. But I think I'm, no, I am right on this. Right? And so if you have been in the world and you are a carpenter, if you can't cut a piece of drywall straight, you ain't going to work. Right? I can't cut a piece of drywall straight. I am not a carpenter. I could paint a wall, but don't have me do the cutting because you have gray on white and white on gray and yeah, it gets ugly. But I can paint a wall. And then somebody else got to come in and clean it up. I could actually hang a piece of drywall straight. I just can't cut it. But don't have me fill it in because you're going to have lumps and bumps everywhere. So what, what Paul is saying here is, hey, listen, people, we all have a part. And your part is as important as every other part. Right? But he goes into a little bit more detail. He says, if this is what you do, this is the way you do it. But you don't do it under your might, under your strength, or even under your understanding. You open your eyes and your spirit to who he is. I think we kind of, within this assembly, man, I wish it was some more people here. Um, within this assembly, we have many people that looks at things through our eyes and not his eyes. And so when we look at those things through our eyes, we don't see what he is seeing here in the, the, the um, way that we can do things. We see things as the way we can do things instead of the way he can do things. Am I making sense right now? Right? I mean, um, as the formula goes, you got 10% of the church doing 100% in the work. Right? As those are, those are numbers they put out, I don't know how many years ago, but it's still been going on. We got 1% of the church doing 100% of the work in this body. But these are problems that we have all over. So it leads me to believe that it's a spiritual issue. Right? The enemy then sucked us into believing that we don't have these gifts, that we don't have these talents, that we cannot contribute. 
that we're not in a place. But according to this scripture, he said, in accordance with the faith, God has distributed to who? Each of us. So each and every last one of us in this house today have some kind of faith in us, in God. And wherever that faith is, he's saying, exercise that faith through service. Whatever that service may be. If it is to serve coffee, serve coffee with a smile on your face. If it is to greet someone out the door, you know, breath meant smile and a good attitude. Right? If it is to sweep the floors, make sure you get everything. No position is too low when you do it for God. None. And there is no lofty position. Because the ultimate authority is God. And even if you look at all the way that things work for us, there's God, there's the assemblies of God, there's Pastor Joshua and Joy, there's Pastor Renee and Pastor Earl, there's Pastor Albert and Pastor Dorinthia, there's Andre. See, that there is an order to the way that God does things, and he does the same thing in your life. Don't think because you say, Jesus, you're my Lord, that you're going to wake up the next morning and do everything right. It doesn't work that way. That's why I come and say, according to where you are at, you do it. You, you know, I remember the first time um, I heard another voice outside of mine telling me what somebody else was saying, and nobody else in the room understood it. And they said, oh, they're speaking in tongues. I said, what's that? I had a gift I didn't even know about. But then I was brought along, and I was taught what that gift was, and to this day, I'm still amazed at the things that God reveals to me. And I want more. Does anybody else in here want more? There's two kinds of graces I want to cover today. There's the grace that we get at salvation, and then there's grace and maturity. All right? So grace at our salvation is altogether different. That grace is that freely given, freely give, it's so easy to do it. Jesus is Lord. He's my king, right? Here's some scripture to go with that. Um, it is Romans. Wow, I'm in Romans again a lot, huh? Romans 5, 8 through 11. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Does anybody in here remember that first time you realized what being saved really is? I got excited, y'all, because I know who I was. Again, we have to look at ourselves for where we're at. Don't linger back there to who you were, but remember who you were, and then look forward to who we can be in him. Right? Some of us, we get stuck back there. And we keep answering to those names that other people used to call us. Right? And we get stuck in that same mental state. We get stuck in those same, in that same cycle of going back and back and back and back. But he made the sacrifice once and for all, for all of us. If you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you are now saved. All your sins 
are forgiven. You got a clean slate. You're not that drug dealer. You're not that person that fights all the time. You're not that person that is angry all the time. You're not that person that don't will never amount to anything. You're not that person that everybody else thought you were. You are now a child of the living God and you can walk with your head up high and let everybody know it. Ain't no more. No more. Can you call me a thief or a liar? No more can you call me a crackhead. No more can you call me a prostitute. We are changed through the grace given to us by our Lord and Savior. We cannot be stuck with those self-same attitudes. Because when you reflect those to others, actually really bring a shame to the name. Because you say, I'm a Christian. But the minute somebody cuts you off, you cuss them out. You say, I'm a Christian, but your neighbor puts a piece of trash in your garbage can and you go kick theirs over. This isn't the way that we do things. So as we grow in who he is, we should show more of who he is. Amen? The joy of, of uh, knowledge of how much love God has for us should ignite embers inside of us to let the world know how great he is. You know, I used to like to do it. I, I used to like it when we did this. We used to have testimonies. Like before we started the service, instead of having somebody like Pastor Albert or myself come up, we'll call somebody like April up or we'll, we'll call somebody like Michael up or we'll call somebody like John up and we'll say, hey, so what's God doing for you? Uh, well, Pastor, let me tell you something. And they start preaching longer than we do. So we had to nix that a little bit. But here's the deal. Um, as we come to realize the significance of the impact that should be made on our lives, something inside of us, you can't hold all of that in. That's why I come out and say, I looked at it as little embers, that little, you know, that little glow of fire. Anybody tried to start fire with almost, with kind of damp wood? It don't work. It really don't. So then you go get the newspaper and you put the newspaper up under there and then Pastor Tom, pa Tom Clapsaddle, showed me something. Take this torch right here. <laughs> it'll, it'll light a fire up under somebody. And for some of us, it takes that torch to recognize the significance of what it is. So here's your torch today. He died for you. Everybody in here ain't getting it. He died for you. Rarely will a man die for a good man. But the word here says, while we were still God's enemy, he died for me. See, I don't know about y'all, but my life means something to me at this stage. Right? My life means something to me. My life is really valuable to me. And it's not even about my responsibilities anymore because I tried that. It really don't work thinking that you all that. But the significance of understanding that even where I was... He had enough love for me to say, yep, I'll take it. You ever have somebody come in and drop some unexpected money in your pocket? You don't know where it came from, why God told them to do it, but it was right on time. It was right at the amount that you needed. The gratitude that you have in that moment Almost brings tears to your eyes, especially if it's a significant amount, right? How much more significant is your life to you 
that you cannot show appreciation to the one that made the sacrifice to make it happen. Are, are we getting on the same page yet? Because I got a lot more. Here we go. Grace immaturity. This gets a little rough for some of us in here. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such view, such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have told you often before now, and I tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. So you want to recognize a true Christian. Are you willing to follow them? Are they setting the kind of example that makes you want to spend time with them? See, this is sometimes where I feel like as leader of this assembly, maybe I fall short. Because I got a great marriage. Right? I have a great life, I think. I thought people liked me. But those things aren't important. What is important is how much Jesus do you see in me? How much of him do I reveal to you through conversation and through act and through deed? How much of myself am I releasing to allow you to see him? And I found that the more time I spend here, the less time I spend in myself. The more time I spend up here, down here, the more of him is released to you. So I will say to you, follow me as I follow Christ. All right? Follow me on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.30 when I'm at that meal after working all day at work and see what my attitude is and see how I treat other people. Follow me when I go through. No, you can't follow me there, but I want you to know when I go into my door, the way that I treat my wife, the way that I treat my children, the way that I treat my grandchildren. Ask my neighbors how they feel about me and the way that I act, even in what would be a diverse uh, a situation. Uh, ask uh, the people on my job what my attitude is towards my job. Ask the people that I minister to how they feel when they come out of that. Follow me, but only as I follow Christ. Because you can't be me. The word says for you to act and to move the way that God has gifted you to move, to be a part of a body that will be very functional in promoting him. So not everybody is going to be able to do the meal. Right? Some of us got jobs that got us there at that time. Not everybody is gifted to stand up in, in front of a bunch of people that they don't know and share the word of God. Not everybody can sing. But everybody can worship. Everybody can pray. Everybody could love their neighbor. Everybody would grow in whatever area that they would commit themselves to in Christ. I didn't start out preaching. I started out as one long-winded testimony about who I was and stuck in that past. And I thought I was doing a good thing, but I kept reminding myself who I was. 
I wasn't striving ahead. I was still living in the past. I was just living through it through words, thinking that I was doing a good thing for God. Until one day, the person that God put into my life that was kind of mentoring me at the time let me know, Earl, you're bigger than a testimony. You better get into the word of God now. Your testimony was good for as long as what you needed it for. Now that you have the world's attention, it's time for you to put, take the focus off of yourself and put it on him. See, so it's okay for us for a season to focus on who we are, but we have to push forward. We have to let go of that old man, die to him. I ain't saying forget about who you were. Right? Because you go in the dope house, you can forget about me going in there. I ain't going in there. That's not what I do. Now, if you come here, I got all the words. I get down on my face. We will cast things out. We will do whatever is necessary. But don't say, oh, Earl, come and get me. I ain't coming to get you. You better get on the bus, catch a cab, call Uber, whatever you need to do. But I ain't going there. Right? If you put yourself in a position for the enemy to come in, he will. So we have to understand that. But some of us never really repent and turn our back from that sin. We still live that sin in our mind over and over and over again. We keep turning it over in our head until we're back into it. We come into the church and we're looking for different situations to run us up out of the church. They working me too hard. So-and-so ain't doing nothing. Why come they ain't looking at the way so-and-so is doing something? Why come they ain't looking? Why they put that person in that position? Oh, they really don't have the attitude to be able to handle that. Ooh, that's a big word. To be able to handle that situation. Yeah, I'm surprised. That's the Holy Ghost, y'all. Shoot, y'all should be clapping. I use that word right, too. But follow me. As I follow Christ. Amen. How many people in here filled with the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. All right. Y'all the Bible believing, devil stumping, Holy Ghost filled, tongue speaking. That's right. Come on, Albert. Get it all out. It's okay for you to get loud. You know, I like loud people, right? But check this out, y'all. We all need it. Amen. We all need it. Uh, and And... I was one of those people that used to sit there and say, them people just babbling. I was. Ask my wife. They be trying to pray over my food. I'm like, if I don't understand what you're saying, don't say it. Maybe that's why God gave me the gift of interpretation. And I'm like, don't be doing that at my table. Don't be doing that over my food. So I get to praying over me, automatically, as the minute that they would go to speaking off in the tongue, I would shut down. I didn't realize that we were in Assemblies of God Church then, and we did that, those things. Right? I mean, come on, it's, it's, it's an issue. We need to get that out there, because we do that here. Right? You might get somebody to stand up in the middle of worship, prophesy, but you will hear someone give the interpretation. Of what it was that they said. And usually it's pretty accurate. Usually. There are people that get into themselves. This is being realistic. I told y'all this ain't a sermon to be playing around with. Let's be real. Right? It's like, uh, um, if, if I can explain a little bit about our worship. Um, Pastor Dorinthia, I believe that she is a prophetic worshiper. Right? How many people feel that? How many people feel that, right? She is a prophetic worship. In other words, wherever you need to go, she will get you there. Through the gift that God has given her. Man, you can see, you want to talk about God moving in power? God moves in power. If you wasn't here last week, you missed it. If you wasn't here earlier today, you missed it. I look forward to coming in here, not to hear myself preach, but to hear her sing and see what it is that God has put on her heart to lead us to that next level. See, because all these words that I'm using to try to break this down for all of us in here to get all of us on the page, it don't do nothing for you. Most of you are going to forget what it is that I said anyway. But to have that God experience, you're going to remember that. Right? I know most of y'all came in today and said, ooh, 
I hope she touched me this time. Because she laid Pastor Joy out. Pastor Joy didn't even know what hit her. She's like, I don't know who prayed over me. <laughs> oh, that was Lady D. That was her? <laughs> God does some amazing things. But we all have to be on the same page. Well, here's proof. Um, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, very familiar scripture. A lot of us kind of take it uh, for granted that we know what this scripture is and we're very comfortable in saying it. But how much do we put it into practice and how much of it do we really believe? Um, I'm, this first um, version that I'm reading is the NIV version. It says when uh, Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost come, they were together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sit, where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now I got the King James Version, and that's kind of like where Pastor Dorinthia took us when she got to singing that, yes, yeah, she took me to a place that I shouldn't have been because it took me a minute to come up out of it. But, <laughs> yeah, I should have been there. But here's the deal. This King James Version is the one that I grew up on. And it says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house they were sitting uh, where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like fire that sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance don't know why that impacts me so much more, but it impacts me so much more. I don't know if it's because I am so much, I just feel like it takes, it's so much more impact when we say the Holy Ghost like they did back in the old day and not worry about how somebody is feeling about the way something is presented to them and it's wide open and it ain't no secret that something supernatural has happened in a way that only that power can help you understand. Another thing that they mentioned there was that they were of one accord. They were all of one mind. They were all of one spirit. They were all in the same place. They were all on the same page. There is so much division even amongst us that has been put over us our whole lives long. And it takes the power of God to get it out of you. And the only way to get it out is so the scripture looks like it's to burn it out. Those tongues of fire was a process of purification. That's the way I felt when I was preparing this. I want you to allow that process to happen to you. Because most people that come through these doors have been beat down, have been abused, have made horrible mistakes that put themselves in situations where they're at their lowest point in life and they have no hope, they have no peace, their lives are in danger, they have to face depression, they have to face, face rejection by others, they have to face all of these things and they've been in this battle on their own until they came across us. If our goal is to get others to love Christ, we have to have his spirit in us to allow that to happen. You have to. It can't happen any other way. You know why? Because we keep going back. We must be of the same mind and have the same purpose. Can you imagine if my right hand functioned in a way that was different than my left hand? 
So if I don't use my hands for what my hands are supposed to be used for, if my brain ain't communicating to my hands and to my fingers or to my fingers for what they should be doing, how would that look to people? <laughs> right? So if we as a body are not functioning the way that we are supposed to function, if I get outside of what it is that I'm supposed to be doing now, fortunately in the role that I play and, and the time that it took me to get here, I've had to go through different phases of things that gave me gifts and talents in a whole lot of other different areas where I could be efficient. But why not me being able to pass it on to you for you to do it because this is your gift. So when I'm operating inside my gift supernaturally according to the way that Christ wants it to happen instead of operating under the little bit of understanding it is that I have, then something major begins to happen to bring about the change in that person that's being introduced to Christ for the hope that is needed for his body to grow. Are we on the same page here yet? Because it's, it's, it's starting to feel good in here. Some people, I think y'all getting this. Because once you see, how many people seen a very functional family and said, oh, okay, your Facebook family when you see those pictures. Right? Pastor Joy is real good about stories about how this picture came about. As a matter of fact, Miss Miriam, Miss Renee is back there. I keep calling you your daughter's name. Your, your daughter-in-law, Destiny, cracks me up. This woman is about as real as it comes. It took me two hours to get this picture. <laughs> but most of us, we see the picture and we stop. We have to look at the whole picture. Right? It takes work to get to 34 years of marriage. Ask my wife. She's been putting up with me that long. It takes work to maintain that and to have the kind of love that we have for one another. And for that love to continue to grow. I've been chasing this cross for the last 20 odd years. How old are you, girl? So it's about 22 years that we've been chasing. And I'm just now getting to this point. There's a man that sat at a gate for 38 years. Amen. There's a guy that built the ark that took hundreds of years. And he built it in the desert with people walking by saying, what's wrong with that guy? He's nuts. So if you think you could come in here in a month and be good, <laughs> I got news for you. It don't work that way. It takes work. Now here's your shortcut. Get to praying for that Holy Spirit to come in you. It moves a lot faster. It does. I ain't lying. Boy, once I was able, once I knew I was filled with the Spirit, once I could feel it in me when I was praying, once I started moving forward, I stopped hating people. I, you know I did not like people at all. I know it's hard to believe now. But I didn't. And even after coming into Christ, I still didn't like y'all. I thought y'all was uppity, thought y'all knew everything, and some of y'all was jealous of, some of y'all thought looked better than me. It was a lot going on in my head. That devil, he could put some things in you to distract you from what God wants to do to you. People got more stuff than me. People got, you know, y'all understand what I'm saying, right? Because everybody in here, if you ain't experienced it yet, you're gonna. Don't let him suck you in. Right? As a man, I've always been a decent provider. We ain't never been rich, but we ain't never had our lights cut off without paying the bill for not paying the bill. Right? And that was my thing. So how did the enemy use that against me? Oh, it was overtime. When I very first came into Christ, I had to work seven days a week. Six of those days, I had to work 19 hours. Some of those times, I had to walk seven, eight, nine miles. But it was worth it for my family. Until one day, God broke me down like a double-barrel shotgun. The very first time I ever cried in public as an adult, my wife would not allow me to do that because she's a strong woman, right? Now, I better be a strong man. 
But anyways, right here on this corner, I just said, God, I'm tired. Two days later, my wife was arrested for some charges that we had on a seven, seven years prior. The day after she was arrested, I turned myself in after we figured out what we was going to do with our kids. Two-year battle to get our children back from CSB. Going through all kinds of programs, answering all kinds of questions, struggling in our relationship because everybody telling us we can't have it and be who God called us to be, which we didn't know at the time. We had to go through all of these things and go through this entire process to be who we are today for you to be here to follow. Yeah, that's why you're here. Acts 4, 32 through 35. All the believers were in heart and mind. Oh, sorry. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that were neat, uh, all that were there. Oh, let me try that again. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that all that were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. For those of you who don't know, many, many, many cults are started from this, and people try to get you to give up everything it is that you got. But look at this whole scripture. Those people that contributed, they contributed out of their heart, number one. Number two, everybody was of the same mind and in the same place and on the same level on where they were at. Number three, um, they laid it at the apostles' feet. Not only that, through the signs, wonders, and miracles that they continued to do and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ as being Lord allowed everybody not to have need for anything. So, let me just put this out there. If you are a member of this church and you are not tithing your 10%, you're really not a member of this church because you signed a piece of paper saying that you would support the church. And this is how we support the church. Right? You also said that you would participate in the ministry and the mission that we are promoting. So if you are not doing that, you're really not a member of this church. You also said, right, that you, how many members do we got in here? I see a few. So you don't got to raise your hand because I don't want people saying, well, did you get your 10%? All right. So if you're visiting, this part is for the people that's here. All right. But I want you to understand something. With that comes great responsibility. Look how big this place is. Look how few of us it is in here. Every penny counts. How many times last year did we say, if we don't pull this together, we could close the doors? This should not be. There should be no need if we are doing what we are supposed to do as a body of Christ. Now, here's the thing. How much do you believe in what it is that we're doing? Right? If you believe in what it is that we are doing, if you believe in the way that we are leading you, if you believe the word of God, we're not talking about us. We're talking about the word of God. And this is why we read scripture and we encourage you to go home, get the front end of it, the back end of it, come to your understanding of it. If you got a problem with my understanding of it, my door is always open because I trust in the spirit of God in the way that he lead us. Now, do you want to know how great a stewards that we are with what it is that we do get in? You know, we don't pay that many people. And the people we do pay, we don't pay very much. But I'll tell you what, these lights right here, they still going to cost us. That water, when you flush that toilet in there, it's still going to cost that much. 
That gas that we use to serve those meals, it's still going to cost that much. To maintain that van, it's still going to cost that much. Now, we can make personal sacrifices, all that we can make as human beings, but there's still the, the, the part of ministry that must be done. And if I'm worried about how the lights are going to be on, how are we going to move in the power that God has given us to move forward in promoting his name when I got to figure out a way to get the light bill paid? Or should I say Pastor Joy and Josh or whoever, our board members? They have to worry about that. How can we move forward if we're stuck in the past? If you think it's all about the money, if you think giving $20 every Sunday cuts it, it does if all you make is 200 but if you make 2000 we need to see your 200 And not for us. For you. See, because it's God's word that makes things happen. Amen? That was hard. It's hard to talk about money. Let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self Control. Against such things, there is no law. People trip. Just people. No matter where you're at, you're going to find those kind of people that get up under your skin. But when you are filled with the Spirit, you get this fruit right here. Right? When you get this fruit, that gets us through, that keeps us on the same page, that keeps us from building up offenses. How many people in here has an offense against somebody from years ago and you're still trying to remember what that offense is about, but you're still mad every time you hear their name? Right? God let it go. And as you allow this fruit to fill you up, then you're not worried about, well, you know what? I gave my 10%. You know, there's a lot of people that do give their 10%. That is a part of this church. But then they go beyond. Because we got missionaries that we support. Then they go beyond because we got to buy plates and stuff. And that dumpster fee for that dumpster out there is a lot. And that's just looking at the real side of what it takes to function in a church. But this fruit will produce even more fruit in the people that you deal with. Why? Because if you show somebody that you can be patient with them, even when they know they ain't right, they're going to keep coming around, right? I love being around calm people because I'm like this. I'm like on coffee all the time. So I like to be around Lewis. Lewis is mostly calm when he ain't mad. But you put me and Albert together, you got two loud people that get excited over a little bit of something, right? Us in a restaurant. Now, Jerry is cool. Jerry's always been cool. I remember when Jerry had the long hair, and uh, we went to my mother's uh, 65th birthday party. Jerry went there like he was black or something. (laughs) Sat at the front table with me and everything and talked about fish the whole night. And everybody loved him. So nobody saw Jerry, the white guy, at a black function. Everybody saw Jerry, my brother. Everybody saw Jerry that was cool with me. Everybody saw Jerry that had my back. We was getting up out of there if we had to because my family is crazy. Er, uh, nobody saw what some of us look at when we come in here. This should not be, brothers and sisters. We should all look at each other with the same eye. We should all have the same love. Faith without works is dead. Here's where some of y'all going to get mad at me. I get over it. We got a lot of ladders around here, as Jerry would say. James, too. 14 through 24. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but have no deeds? Such, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith 
by itself is not, a, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Woo, slap. You believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac at the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. And as he was called, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone. The two go hand in hand. Right? You can't earn your way into heaven. No way can you earn your way into heaven. He's not saying that. Right? What he's saying is, if Kay come to me and say, my coat is ripped and I ain't got one, and I have one or two or five or seven, why not give her that coat? If she says, I'm hungry, and I look at my refrigerator, and I got stuff that's going to get mold on it because ain't nobody eating it, and I send her away hungry, what good is me saying that I am part of the body of Christ? Faith without works is dead because most people that have faith and refuse to do anything run their mouth more. And they don't run it in a positive way. Because everything is still about them. See, when you go to work for somebody else, you don't think about yourself that much. And when you don't think about yourself that much, you get to focus more on him. And as you focus more on him, the greater you are at being able to come through. You know what? The more stuff we give away, the more stuff comes in. The more money we give, the more money comes in. The more time we give to promote someone else, the more time we get for ourselves. I don't know why God's math works out that way, but it works out that way. If we don't find a way to get out of ourselves, we are always going to continue to be that same person that we were when we came in the door. How can you come here for five years and all you can do is answer the door? You're not working in ECD. You're not, you're not driving the van. You're not. Why are you still sitting in the same spot thinking the same way? Because you never got outside of yourself. Once you get outside of yourself, you grow. Because you see other things. How many people been someplace other than Toledo? Raise your hand. How many people thought that that place was better than Toledo? Put your hand back up. <laughs> right? So if you stay in the same house, shifting the same garbage back and forth, all you're doing is moving garbage from one room to another room, at some point you're going to run out of room for that garbage. It's going to be an overflow of garbage, and ain't nobody going to see Christ because all they can see is your garbage. If you want to succeed in being a part of the body of Christ, you must be willing to get outside of yourself and do something productive for him. And if you are in the body of Christ through vision ministries, you're in the right place to do that because we do a lot of stuff. And to be quite honest with you, Pastor Earl, getting a little tired. I'm getting old. And to be real honest with you, I see sitting in here right now People with gifts and talents that could take a lot of the things that are on my plate and do a lot better with them than what I'm doing right now. 
because I'm spread so thin. That would give me more time with that beautiful wife of mine to take her out to dinner every now and again without us nodding out over the doggone plate because we're so tired. To be able to get a room and use the room for what it's for instead of going to sleep the first night. We can't get a room for one night. We need two nights. One night's the rest and the other night is for stuff. Only grown people in here understand that. <laughs> Look at her, what? I'm human. <laughs> I'm just saying. You go to work all day, every day, and then come here most evenings, you get a little tired. You got to charge up. It's a lot of work. Y'all should be so lucky. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. When I come home, I am a king. That woman makes me feel like a king. She deserves my attention, my affection, my love. She deserves it. And because you refuse to do what you're supposed to do, I ain't got it to give to her. That's a shame. And you're the one that's missing out. So there. I'm sorry I had to get that out. <laughs> I'll apologize later, baby. Activating our faith by giving hope to others so that they may experience the love of God. Pastor Joshua sent me that in a text, and that is our new mission statement. And I think it's awesome. Because we start out with action. It's like, y'all see those things where they had those director cut things? The minute you say, I'm a member, I'm going to go, snap, we got you. I want your first tie check and your first commitment you got to ministry. Ain't no more sitting around. All right, I don't care. We can teach you how to make coffee. We could give you the breath, breath mints to stand at the door. We give clothes away every month. So you don't got to stand there in your work shirt. Because we want to look good. And we don't mind. And we do it discreetly. Ain't nobody going to embarrass you and give you that little bag that we used to do. Right? But we must activate who we are in Christ. In order to get those person to that per to that place. Yeah, this is one of my favorite statements of this whole sermon. For some people, we will be the first experience they will have in deciding whether or not they will follow Jesus. Get to the next one. Do not blow it. Don't blow it. Don't blow it with your bad attitude and being mad at your wife before you got in the car. Leave that stuff in the car. Pick it up when you go out if you want to, but leave it in the car. Right? I would love to tell you guys, me and my wife, don't go to sleep without being mad at each other. I'm not going to tell y'all that lie. I gave her plenty of reason to go to sleep mad at me. But I tell you what, when we come in God's house, shoot, I could get my hug, my kiss, all that stuff. I, man, she'd be like, yeah. And by the time we get home, all of that stuff is under, but we got to work it out. Right? We're a lot better at it. We got 34 years practice. I mean, y'all got like five or six. They're only five years in, so it takes them a little bit longer. Right? Some of us are at those different phases in our relationship. But in our relationship with Christ, we should all be on the same page, which is giving the best face possible at all times, especially when we're coming together. Amen. See, that person that's at the first front door, if there's somebody visiting and you look like this, Can everybody see this? What are the chances of them coming back? 
if they go up to our children's church and we only got two workers and 30 kids and kids just ripping, running back and forth, jumping up and down. They can't even get through phases of their curriculum because they don't have enough workers to allow their kids to take in the environment and to get through everything. Um, what are the chances of them coming back? <laughs> if, if Drea is the only person that we got back in ECD with five kids and somebody's diaper didn't get changed because she really didn't have enough time to get to it because I actually was able to finish my sermon on time and get everybody out of here early and stuff, um, what are the chances of them coming back? See, there are so many ways that we can blow that presentation that we put on that would get people to experience the face of God. Listen, I need all of y'all and some friends and some family members. How many people in here got family members that you say, oh, you need some Jesus? I got them. <laughs> I invite them every, almost every Sunday. I, I, I just inboxed my sister yesterday to tell her how cool this picture was. But you could come to church tomorrow if you want to. My little brother, we hadn't spoken in years, and now we're speaking again. And like every other week or so, I say, you know, I'm only right down the street from your house. You could come to church if you want to. Right? I dare y'all to bring them crazy people in here. And here's what's crazy. Chances are, not only will they exceed the expectations that you might have for their growth and their change and the things that they need in them to change, because the Spirit of God is here. Everybody agree with that? Amen. So if you know that the Spirit of God is here, why not bring them to the place where they can meet God and show them and be a part of showing them the attitude that's necessary to bring about the change so that you can show them the love that you've always had for them and foster the relationship that you really need to have with them for you to be happy. Dang, that was good. So instead of having that empty seat, oh, I see father and son sitting together. That's cool. This is where we're at today. It's to be able to grow in him. So don't blow it. Here we go. Mark 10, 26 to 31. This is my last verse. I did have another part of this, but I'm going to let go of that. It says, the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me. And the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, <laughs> children and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Kind of speaks for itself, right? There's nothing you could sacrifice for God that would not come back to you a hundredfold. See, uh, he didn't even mention money. He didn't even mention clothes. He didn't even mention you know, food, well, fields is the food. But he didn't mention those things because those things aren't important. What's most important is the soul. The soul of your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your friend. We're in the business of introducing people to Christ. And as much as there are many things failing, in this nation and in this world, only in him can we be perfect. And it will be my pleasure, my honor, a dream come true for me if you would be able to wholly commit to being a part of the way Vision Ministries wants to do that. And it takes commitment. It takes coming to a Wednesday night class. It takes making yourself workman approved in certain areas that we have and doing background checks. It takes those things. It's necessary. 
but it's well worth it. Because when you begin to feel self-worth, when you begin to feel like I've accomplished something, there's no greater feeling, and it affects the people around you. So those people that are living negatively around you, they are attracted to your positive, and you'll just grow in that and begin to overtake that negative, and there will be change in your household. How do I know it happened in mine? It happened from my wife making a decision to follow Christ and following his ways and praying for her husband and praying for her children and changing the music we was listening to, the programs that we watched, the traditions that we set in my household that would magnify God over the world. And I will be eternally grateful to her for her commitment in that way. So if you will begin by committing to us, we will commit to you to train you, to raise you up with the best of our ability and being the best that you can be for Christ. Amen? Can I get everybody to stand up on their feet, please?